make people feel bad for trying because you know what's going to happen next? They're not going to try. <laughs> and then we like lose this core part of us, which is like caring about the environment. And like, don't we want people to do that? You know? Hey, I'm Anya. Hi, I'm Ashley. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us for episode two of The Human Bit. And today we will be discussing sustainability in terms of environmental sustainability, exclusivity, and really who gets to join the party of this environmental sustainability movement and why. I don't know. That's like a huge thing, too, is that I think that people are really exclusive when it comes to being like sustainable or nature-y. And it's like, (laughs) if I can't, oh my God. Um, I totally agree. Yeah. It's like the whole, I got in um, a discussion with one of, she's still one of my closest friends and, (laughs) uh, but we got in a discussion in a um, seminar that we took here freshman year that I, like our professor had to be like, okay, like stop this about (laughs) whether or not it was ever acceptable to use a plastic water bottle. And I was saying like, yeah, I I was saying that. I am dying on the lava. Can I use water bottle? Absolutely. That was the argument essentially. And like, I know it was, it was a lot deeper than that. um, And she did have a lot of reasons behind what she was saying, but, and like, at the, at the end of the day, I think we both kind of like changed where we were coming from. But I, my thing was like, if I am sick and I ran out of the house and I am dehydrated or whatever, and I need a water bottle, like I'm going to buy one yeah. and I'll reuse the water bottle the rest of the day. I'll fill it up a few mm-hmm. times and then I'll recycle it. And you know what? Like, that's what it has to be sometimes. That's one of my huge frustrations is this sort of like gap between understanding why people do things and like why they're not doing the thing you want. And like I think about this all the time with climate change because like I think like how would I speak to one of my relatives? How would I reach them? You know how I wouldn't reach them is self-righteous indignation. Yeah. Like that that's not going to reach them. It pushes people away. And you can be frustrated that they're like doing certain things. But ultimately it's like it's a process of learning – how to do things and like I know there's some people who want like really bold movements to like make really strong changes of like ban every single plastic Mm -hmm. but and like I'm not like oh that's that doesn't have any merit but I also understand that you know maybe people don't know the environmental impacts we're trying to get this out there but being really aggressive about it is not going to bring these communities together no in any sense whenever you approach someone with an opposing view um as you with like aggression you're more likely to push them further into their own established opinion and less likely to meet them halfway or at least get them to hear you out you know because I feel like when people come at me even though I feel like I'm right all the time but I'm sure that the (laughs) other people also feel like they're right all the time um that when anyone approaches me with like aggression or not being reasonable right off the bat it's like shut down yep closed (laughs) off like shut it down I I'm not even hearing you and I I really have to take that um to heart because I I know I get really passionate in debates about you know Mm. whatever it is I'm debating that day maybe it's plastic use or (laughs) what type of energy we should be using but I think meeting people halfway is more valuable than turning one person into a purist of some kind, you know? Yeah, like, I I guess, like, I 
I do believe, I mean, personally for myself, what and what I've viewed through different changes is that like incremental change, while it is heartbreakingly hard mm-hmm. for the, like the marginalized group or the groups that are having issue like environmentalists or people um, who are underrepresented like it's it's exhausting and it's heartbreaking because things are just being volleyed at you all day and so your natural response is to be really aggressive and I feel that emotion I yeah. like validate that that is the truth and like that is what you feel and it's so hard to then like put on a different face and be like, all right, well, we're just gonna go back and try to be a little nice and kill them with kindness. Yep. And um, so I guess like I don't, I don't want to pretend that that's not real, and I don't want to try to make actions and like blanket statements for all groups because you're gonna feel pissed and you're gonna be angry depending on the situation. And incremental changes are really hard groups. Like, yeah. let's not hit that nuclear option when we can have really difficult conversations, which makes everyone feel uncomfortable, <laughs> but really gets down to like, what is happening? And it's like, sometimes it's it's things you wouldn't even recognize. It's habits are really hard to break. Like, yeah. I, I buy those bags to bring to the store, <laughs> and instead I use them for carry-alls for everything but my groceries. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so bad at this. And, like, I am someone who's done microplastic research and, like, seen the effects of it. And I still, like, if, you know, if I'm having a hard day and I want, like, a soda, I'm going to buy a single-use soda. Yeah. And I'm not the worst person in the world. No, not I, at all. <laughs> like, I understand the cumulative effects are really the deleterious part of that. But it's really hard when you're having a hard day or, like, things aren't going well. And you look for that easy solution. Mm -hmm. And it's – people shouldn't feel, like – Evil. Yeah. 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 Like, that – there should not be, like, moral words or, like, um, judgments added to this. And I mean, like, to that one person. And I mean, like, in the long run, yeah, it sucks. Don't do it. Yeah. Stop using plastics. Get but yourself like, a nice reusable bottle. I know, I know. But it's like sometimes those, it's really hard to make those decisions because your emotional state can really dictate how well you're able to make those choices. Yeah. And, like, that kills me. Choice is hard. I mean, also we're just, like, in this new age where, like, plastic really is everywhere and it's hard to avoid even if you want to. Like, I I go to Trader Joe's um, because it's less expensive than the co-op, but all their produce is wrapped in plastic, essentially. And they have have released this thing saying that they're trying to, like, phase that out, which I I love and appreciate that they heard us and are making those changes. But, like, it's picking and, like, choosing where you want to fight your battles. So it's like, you know what? I'm not perfect. I'm going to use some plastic. I'm going to get my triple washed Brussels sprouts from Trader Joe's <laughs> in a plastic bag, but I'm going to carry around my plastic water bottle or my, not my plastic water bottle. Oh, girl, God forbid. What are you doing? God forbid. Um, <laughs> I'll carry around my nice little swell bottle here everywhere with me and fill that up. And that's like, that's the battle that I've chosen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it is just these like small battles that you choose, which enable you know I mean like choosing making a small change like using a reusable water bottle can kind of continue to have this cascading effect where you make better choices as you value the decision making and and the consequence of that decision making 
Yeah. And like, it's made me very aware of the amount of plastic that I'm saving by doing this. And it kind of inspires me to do that in other aspects of my life. Like my lovely parents, I have brought, uh, brought them home three different Brita filters. They have a wide selection, you know, those things you put in the (laughs) fridge from Target, they filter your water. It's nice and cold. They refuse to use them and I will never understand it. I just, they have them. There is no excuse. If they listen to this, they're, (laughs) well, I don't know what they'll do because I've said this to their face so many times, but I go home and there's no Brita filter. It's like, well, I, now I have to, you're, I have to drink out of these plastic bottles. Mm. And then I see in a day, it's like, I drank like four of these, like And then I'm home for, like, the weekend. It's like, oh, my God, that's eight bottles. Like, look at how much actual space, like, in front of me that is. It's, like, it's weird. Um, It makes me really aware of how much, like, on a day-to-day, and to talk forward, um, (laughs) that those little changes make a difference. And is it inconvenient to carry that around? Not at all, you know? Yeah, yeah. Small changes. It's, I mean, like, we definitely – I guess I wonder, like, if the water use is tied to, like, coming to, from a different country and not trusting the water source. I don't – I mean, in Slovenia, where my dad's from, if that was, like, you know, a thing, like, I think that the water is so much nicer there to drink <laughs> from the tops than it is here. Like, no when I did, I did, like, a little solo backpacking trip a couple years ago, and I was drinking the water in Slovenia. I was drinking it in Croatia. I was drinking it in Switzerland. Like, I feel like it's – I mean, maybe this is, like, different in, like – other countries that I didn't visit, but I feel like America is the last place I would want to drink the tap water from. (laughs) And just think about what's happening in Flint. I mean, I'm not really, like, educated enough to discuss this in any depth, but, like, you know. I mean, it's still going on. The the water quality is is not, I don't think it's consumable. It's not. And, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, if you think about water bottle use, you could, like, really hate on people from Flint for an environmental (laughs) disaster if you were that much of an asshole. Yeah. But, like... There, there, there are things, you know, maybe it's not as dramatic, dramatic or tragic as Flint that make people have certain choices. And it's like, if for some reason having disposable water is your thing and you can offset that in other ways Mm -hmm. and try to make better decisions, I think it's just like, you're right. It's about picking like a couple different things that are sustainable that you can do you know, looking at your footprint, your carbon footprint, and just wisely choosing and then hoping to integrate them in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I might have even brought this up when we talked last week, but um, I drive a Jeep, which is not the most, like, <laughs> you know, carbon footprint friendly car. It's not, not the worst, but it's definitely not the best. And you could give me any Prius that you wanted to, and I would still pick my Jeep. So it's like, knowing that, it's like, cool, I'm a vegetarian, like, I bring my bags to the store, I bring my water bottle around, like, those are other ways that I'm reducing my footprint. I, like, I try and buy my clothes from places that either recycle, so, like, thrift stores, or, like, there's this awesome store called The Reformation, and, like, all their clothes is made are made out of, um, like, recycled materials and have really small carbon footprints and, like, I like, I really feel that because like I tend to drive like really economical cars because I'm really thrifty. <laughs> um, but like, God, do I want a Range Rover? Yeah. Like, <laughs> not that I could afford it at this <laughs> moment, but it's just like there are things that you know are so illogical to want or yeah. to have, and you're like, I'm just. I mean, like you can make that same argument with kids. Like, don't have kids. Yeah. And it's just like, 
Mm. You know, on that note, actually, um, my freshman year here, I did this really interesting play called Lungs. It was a two-person show, so just me and one other dude. We were on stage for an hour and a half. <laughs> one no, other dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one, okay. yeah, one costume, like no set changes, no light changes. It was literally just us on stage. It was this crazy play. But like the whole concept was that um, – we were like a couple, let's say like 40 years from like where we are now. And we were deciding on whether or not we wanted to have a baby. And like my uh, character and her like boyfriend or husband or whatever, I don't know. They didn't have names. I was W, <laughs> he was M. Like, and then we never even referred to each other as such. It was just so in the script. I don't know. But like they were environmentalists and they were, my character goes off on this huge anxious, anxious rant about how bringing a baby into the world is like bringing like, two Eiffel Towers worth of carbon or something like that, you know? And, like, it's just interesting because, at the, like, it's something that you don't even – a lot of people don't think about um, is bringing children into the world and then, like, how much carbon that is. And, uh. There's a lot of extreme scenarios that we could take to, like, fighting the climate to, – to- Punch Fight it. the climate. <laughs> Just hit it in the face. Um, no, so like to solving this climate change issue and, you know, what we as humans are doing, I think it's just like we've got to recognize that not every choice we're going to make is rational. Like, yeah. For we're some people. people. Yeah. And for the some human people, bit. there's a biological imperative to have kids and it's really strong. Yeah. And it's there. And it's like, I don't, I don't know what to do with that. We can't all have a million dogs as a <laughs> substitute for kids. Yeah. Like, that's, that's not the solution. I mean, that's my solution. Um, but it's not – I don't think what's good for one person is equally good for another person. Exactly. And it's like, okay, maybe you have a Jeep. Fine. Not the best choice. Yeah. You're admitting it, but you're vegetarian. Yeah. So, like, your carbon footprint dramatically lowers. Maybe you take one less trip a year. Yeah. And it's like you can't just look at one part of a person's – you know, carbon identity and then like somehow judge them for it. Yeah. Yeah. So what did we go over today? Um, I think mainly what we were trying to figure out is environmental sustainability is a very hot topic right now. And people are really responding and understanding that it's sort of their responsibility to the planet to make better choices. But part of that problem that comes in with that is what are the choices that people are making? Are they sustainable? Can we sort of offset some of the naughtier activities that we're doing, like riding around in cars and taking trips? And, and really, I guess, I, I don't know. What, what is our role in all of it? I don't know. I was also sort of thinking about how a lot of you talked about, like, are choosing one thing to do, but are all these sustainable choices weighted evenly, you know? Yeah. Like, it. It's all good to bring your plastic straw to the store, like which I do, but I wouldn't count that the same as me riding in a Prius or something, you know? <laughs> so yeah. it's like, while it's really good to make one choice as a starting point, is that enough? I definitely agree with that. I think that there are sort of, there's levels to this. Um, we do know that there are better choices than others. And I do wonder exactly what you're saying, like, is... Is there the best choice to make? Yeah, like the best first step. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I. you know what? I think this is something that we should discuss in the future. (laughs) I think you're right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, stay tuned. Um, Thank you again for joining us, and um, stay tuned for further episodes, and thanks.